When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Strokes are a major cause of permanent disability and they affect millions of people every year. The cause is usually a lack of blood flow to one part of the brain, which destroys the affected brain area and robs the victim of the ability to perform whatever tasks that brain area used to process. But an electrical current applied to the head for a short time, even years after a stroke, appears to be able to open up new circuits in the brain, restoring some of the lost abilities, as Oxford University's Heidi Johansson-Berg has been finding. Well, there'd been a lot of interest um, over the preceding sort of 10 or 20 years in a new um, brain stimulation method. So this method called transcranial direct current stimulation or TDCS, which is just a way of stimulating the human brain um, non-invasively, so through the scalp. And there'd been a lot of interest in how this method might change the way the brain learns in particular. And because we know that um, rehabilitation after brain damage such as stroke relies on people relearning processes that have been damaged as a result of that stroke, we were intrigued to test whether this type of brain stimulation could also be used to boost the type of relearning that's involved in rehabilitation. And to be clear, when someone has a stroke, this is the result of an interruption of blood flow to the brain or a bleed into the brain and it robs someone of brain tissue. Yes, absolutely. And that, and unfortunately, that tissue can never come back again. So unlike other parts of your body, the, the brain can't repair after that type of damage. But what's becoming increasingly clear is that the rest of the brain, the intact parts of the brain, can, to some extent, compensate for that damage. So they can change the functions that they perform to try to enable that individual to recover. And we call that process plasticity. I suppose one could say a good analogy would be if a, a main road were blocked then you could set up a diversion and you could send the traffic round a different route. They'd get where they needed to go A to B, but they're not taking necessarily the most direct route there. Exactly, exactly. So the brain is finding alternative pathways to, to complete the same task. And obviously there's limits to how much one can do that, but uh, many patients show some degree of recovery, which is partly through that sort of rerouting or compensation. And so we were aiming to try to boost that. And how did you try and boost it? What did you do and who were you studying? So we were studying people who had had a stroke um, in many cases years beforehand. So we recruited people who were at least six months after their stroke and all of them had some problems in moving their hand that was affected by the stroke. And what we did was enrol those individuals in a two-week um, movement training program. So they each day they spent a, um, some time with a movement trainer who would help um, train that affected hand. But then the key part of the experiment was that while they were receiving that training, we wired them up to a brain stimulator. 
and half the patients received brain stimulation while they were having the training and half of them were wired up to the stimulator in the same way but we didn't turn the stimulator on. And did they know which of those two treatments they were getting? No, so a really important aspect of the experiment was that neither they nor the trainer knew whether or not they were getting the stimulation. And what was the outcome measure? What were you finding in these people? We tested how well these individuals could use their hand and arm. Some of them tested very basic properties like how hard they could squeeze turning over cards or picking up cups or stacking cups. So we had various standardised clinical tests which are used to quantify how good people's arm or hand function are. And we took those measurements both before and after the two weeks of training. And was there a difference between the two groups? Yeah, so what we found was that both groups actually improved quite dramatically with this intensive two weeks training, and that's interesting in itself. But then what we were most interested in was that there was a difference between the people who'd received the brain stimulation and those who'd been in the control group. So on two of our tests, they both showed that there were greater benefits in the individuals who'd received the brain stimulation while they were being trained. And what was particularly striking was that when we got them back again three months later, that beneficial effect in the stimulation group was still present. And do you have any idea how it's having this effect? If you look at the brains of these people before and after with a brain scanner, for example, can you see any difference? Yeah, so we did do that in this experiment. We looked both at brain function, so how the brain was active when these people were moving their hand that had been affected by the stroke. And we also looked at brain structure. And what we found from that was that uh, the group who received the brain stimulation had greater activity in the motor parts of the brain in the stroke-affected hemisphere uh, after the therapy. So it seemed that the stimulation was working in part by increasing uh, the recruitment of those um, motor-related areas in the stroke-affected side of the brain. So these would be areas that are intact. The areas that have been directly damaged by the stroke unfortunately can't ever recover, but there are other areas involved in movement in the same hemisphere of the brain as the stroke and it seemed that through the stimulation and the training we could increase the activity in those areas. Heidi Johansson-Berg, her study came out this week in Science Translational Medicine.